Waggle Podcast, where we bring you inside the newsroom to talk Arizona politics beyond what's in print. I'm Michael Squires, the politics editor at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Joining me at our Capitol Bureau this week are... Dustin Gardner, I cover the state legislature. Ron Hansen, I cover the congressional delegation. Yvonne Winget Sanchez, I cover the governor's office and state politics. This week on the Gaggle Podcast, we do something different. We look back on the biggest stories of the year and ahead of 2018 with some predictions. 2017 was certainly memorable. It started with President Donald Trump taking office and the political reverberations here where segments of the GOP were divided on his candidacy. And here at the state capitol, debate of school choice, school funding, and teacher pay set an interesting backdrop for Governor Doug Ducey's run for re-election. Then later, sexual harassment allegations led to one lawmaker losing his chairmanship and new policies and possibly more revelations forthcoming. Then Trump, of course, pardoned Sheriff Joe Arpaio. And there was big news among the state's congressional delegation. Senator John McCain announced he had been diagnosed with deadly cancer. He cast a dramatic vote, ending efforts to repeal Obamacare. Senator Jeff Flake announced he won't seek re-election. And then Congressman Trent Franks stepped down over allegations of inappropriate behavior with female staffers. It's a lot to get to, so let's find out what you all think were the biggest stories. Ron, let's start with you. What do you think are the two biggest stories politically of the year in Arizona? Okay, so I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to roll all the Senate stuff into one. Um, I think John McCain's cancer diagnosis and his dramatic vote on health care, followed by Jeff Flake and, and his resignation, and all the, the political fallout that that last one brought with it, it just seemed like a vacuum sort of sucking up a lot of the, uh, the interest in what's happening in the Senate, the national agenda, the political uh, agenda here in Arizona. This just really kind of consumed a lot of our energy this year. Um, and rightfully so. These were all big stories, and Arizona's two senators really got more attention than really any other state's uh, pair could have. Um, and f- to me, this was unusual for anyone. And, of course, when it happens to us, that, that just has to be the biggest story uh, for my money. Uh, so that would be my first vote. And your second? My second one um, would be Martha McSally and, and sort of the shifting fortunes in her congressional district. This is the one that's down in the Tucson area, and we started the year with this interest in uh, McSally sort of um, coming out of the 2016 election where she looked really unbeatable to where it very quickly became evident that uh, Democratic anger was going to make the second district race interesting again as it has been in, in with some epic finishes in recent cycles to Ann Kirkpatrick moving in. So you've got a former congresswoman moving into a new district to potentially challenge Martha McSally. Then with the flake seat opening up, uh, Martha McSally seems to be uh, uh, gearing up for a Senate run. And all of a sudden, this very important seat that looked like it was going to be a tough hold, but probably a hold for Republicans, now it almost feels like it's presumed to be falling to the Democrats. And this is important because Democrats need to pick up 24 seats nationally to retake the House. This looks like one of the more difficult battles uh, that they may have already won it just because of the way that the, uh, the political landscape has changed here over this year. All right, Yvonne, let's get to your two biggest stories of the year. Well, to pick back on um, Ron's 
Um, second one, I think it was a difficult year, particularly for Republicans, but Doug Ducey, I think, really um, emerged as a player nationally. I know that, um, you know, behind the scenes, he was at the table and on the phone calls when major momentous decisions were being made on healthcare reform, on um, overhaul of the tax system. Uh, he's very close with Mr. Pence. And I, I think really behind the scenes, he has kind of been trying to cultivate um, a reputation to lay the groundwork for eventually something bigger than the governor of Arizona. My biggest story, I would say, would be the school voucher legislation. And this, this had reverberations um, nationally as well. This is model legislation. Arizona became the first state in the nation to uh, approve this bill, which gives public money to um, public students and, and lets them use the money for um, parochial or private schools. But it seems as though the people who supported this bill uh, are going to have to figure out very quickly whether or not they want to own it and whether or not they're going to repeal it. I think it will have um, big implications during the 2018 election. They fired up public uh, school supporters who successfully referred a referendum to the ballot in 2018. A lot of national money is going to come in um, this cycle uh, to try to keep it there if they decide that they want, if lawmakers decide that they want to try to keep it instead of repealing it. So I do think that there will be, uh, in some respects, hell to pay for uh, supporting this law. Do you have another one, or is Ducey behind the scenes your second one? Maybe Ducey. Oh, Joe Arpaio. The, that pardon was such a big deal. I think that was a that was another big moment, not just for Arizona, but for um, Latinos nationally who had worked hard and civil rights leaders who have worked hard to um, shine a light on some of the activities that his office. Uh, um, had when, when he was there, particularly with the illegal immigrant and immigrant community. Uh, so I think that would be my second pick. Good choice. Dustin, what are your two big stories? For me, I think one of the biggest stories was clearly the cloud of sexual harassment allegations hanging over the legislature. Um, in October, State Representative Michelle Ugenti Rita came forward with um, the, the accusation that several male colleagues had harassed her over the years. Um, then a few weeks later, she named Representative Don Shooter as one of the men that one of the men that she alleges harassed her. And after that, we just saw an avalanche of allegations against Representative Shooter. Um, as a result of that, he was uh, suspended as chair of the Appropriations Committee, and the House enacted its first harassment policy, and the Senate revisited its policy. Both chambers are going to require mandatory training. Um, and this issue is far from over. The investigation into the accusations against Shooter is not finished. It, that, that whole process is probably going to be hanging over both chambers as the legislature convenes on January 8th. Y numero dos? Um, number two for me, <laughs> I think number two for me would definitely be um, changes to the citizen initiative process that the legislature made in the spring. They made some pretty dramatic changes um, that basically you know, make it tougher for average citizens to go through the process of creating an initiative to change state law. There's stricter legal standards for how um, you know the petitions are formatted and organized, very technical stuff, but there is a very tangible, practical impact. And in addition to that, the legislature also um, banned um, the use of, of uh, paid signature collectors that are paid by, um, by the signature. That also could have a very dramatic effect on um, Arizonans' ability to directly um, change state law. 
interesting choice, but I can see why you do it if, if, if you're looking for long-lasting impact. Yeah, absolutely. Now our predictions for 2018. Ron, let's start with you. Okay, here are the rules. Everybody has to make two predictions, and after you make each prediction, everybody gets to say they agree, disagree, or we'll let you have the politically, uh, you know, tenable, no comment, if that's your choice. So, Ron, let's get to yours. Okay. Predict something, wizard. Okay, so here, I'll start with this one. Uh, Arizona has three competitive house races um, currently Democrats hold two of those seats. Uh, my prediction is that they will win all three next year, and that will help close the gap for Democrats to potentially retake the House nationally. But in Arizona, they will again have a 5-4 advantage. I agree because Ron is smart. <laughs> <laughs> I he, agree has his, he has his ear to the ground. I agree. That was going to be one of my predictions, which he stole, Justin. Oh, man. I say they take two of the three. Well, he's splitting the baby. All right, uh, Yvonne, let's get to your first prediction. I predict that if Senator, excuse me, Representative Don Shooter goes down, he takes a lot of people with him. I expect this guy who's been pretty powerful down here at the state capitol for a number of years, he knows where the bodies are buried. I predict maybe he starts talking. Ron, agree or disagree? Oh, that's hard to, hard to say. I, I, I agree with her, I think. It's just hard to even imagine how far reaching that might be. Um, he has been a, a part of the legislature now for so long. The stories he could tell. <laughs> please tell them to Yvonne, please, first. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll go for yes. It's hard to agree with Yvonne, but I'm going to have to say I agree because <laughs> Shooter does not strike me as someone who goes quietly. Yeah, I definitely agree. And even if Shooter isn't himself dragging others down with him, he might inadvertently do so. You know, just given the number of folks that are being interviewed as part of the investigation, there's likely to be other names coming out. Oh, excuse me. Here's a box of records. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dustin, let's get to your prediction, first prediction. Um, my first prediction is the governor's effort to overhaul water policy in Arizona. This has been a huge push from the governor's office. They've been having backroom talks for months with a lot of so-called water buffaloes, water policy experts. Um, but that that effort is not going to, I don't think, get very much traction at the legislature. I think both chambers have hesitancy about it. They're hesitant because they don't feel like many law lawmakers have been included in the process. And there's also hesitancy because the opposition um, is coming from a variety of quarters. You've got Democrats concerned about what they see as sort of a power grab uh, with the governor trying to take powers away from um, the Central Arizona Project governing board. Um, and you also have Republican lawmakers, rural Republican lawmakers, who feel like they're, they're essentially concerned about some of the potential uh, regulation of groundwater. So combining all those opposition forces, I don't see this going very far. I'll, I'll tend to agree with you, I guess, just because I don't know any, what else to say. Ron, are you going to agree? Yeah, I'm going to go with the same direction. I just will presume that where water is concerned that you have to have uh, uh, a lot of folks getting on board with doing what's in the state's best interest, and um, presumably they'll, they'll come to some conclusion they can all live with. I predict Ducey will get maybe one or two things that he has wanted might not be long kind of long-term legacy 
issues, but will be something that he can pitch in his weekly emails and uh, on his way out as um, a resources, natural resources uh, checklist. Interesting. Okay. So sort of disagree, but with your own prediction. All right. My prediction, my first prediction will be that uh, we had uh, Trent Franks have to step down, that there will be one other member of the Arizona House delegation that will step away between now and Election Day 2018. Agree. Well, <laughs> we're going to disagree with this one. I think that that it is eminently possible where Congress is concerned that they will fail us again and again, but uh, we may be getting greedy. We've already got so much drama in our Senate contingent and then uh, Trent Franks. I'm going to just vote for normalcy for the next 12 <laughs> months. I didn't say I wanted it. All right. I'm going to agree because it just seems like the rumor mill is not showing any signs of stopping on these things. Indeed, no. Okay, let's do round two then. Ron, we'll go back to you. Prediction two. Okay, so prediction two is Republicans will win a Senate race in Arizona next year. Not none and not two. Uh, We are in the rare position of potentially having two Senate seats up for grabs next year. Uh, as things look at the moment, I think that uh, uh, Republicans may win one, but I, I just can't see them running the table. Yvonne? Do I agree or not agree? Yes. I yes. agree wholeheartedly. I agree, too. I mean, so, yeah, it'll be a 50-50 Senate delegation from Arizona. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, and just to add on that one, that, again, like the House, if Democrats need 24 to retake the House, right now, you know, after Alabama, rep- Democrats are looking at needing two seats net uh, nationally, and with Arizona uh, putting potentially one of those in play, it would really put a lot of attention on Nevada. Despite you, though, I should disagree. Since <laughs> Yvonne, uh, let's hear prediction two. I predict Governor Doug Ducey uh, campaigns hard uh, in 2018 and uh, will get a lot of opposition from public school advocates and uh, will propose to throw quite a bit of money to them this year in his budget, maybe in the tens of millions to try to quell those criticisms that he has um, maybe not treated them as fairly as he could have, and that he sails to re-election. Okay, I'm going to disagree with this one on multiple fronts. Number one, uh, I I think that everything that we see right now says that uh, Democrats should expect a relatively good cycle next year. I have to believe that's going to have some uh, downdraft for Doug Ducey um, in terms of his own prospects. Uh, That will pull him down into a lower range than what he would otherwise expect, just the natural political inertia. The other one, though, is that uh, boy, if he comes up with uh, a few tens of millions of dollars for education, that can't feel too big. I mean, we're talking about something spending four to five billion dollars annually in education. That's not going to be uh, seen as any kind of big accomplishment. And in fact, would probably invite the same kind of micro uh, analysis of just how little that money would be in the universe of everything that we spend in education in this state, similar to what how he got raked over the coals for uh, teacher pay raises. So I, I think that to even go there is to invite a conversation that he may not want. So I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say he will win, but by a narrower margin than he did in 2014 when he won. So 
You said sale, uh, so you know. He doesn't have a primary. I guess I'd be disagreeing. I just want to quantify. Yeah. What? So what? What's your point spread then? Um, I will say he will win by uh, single digits. Dustin, I turn. Okay. Yeah, I I would agree, and you know I think. Beyond you know the reasons Yvonne listed, um, I think Democrats are going to be spending so much resources focused on Senate races and House races and probably Secretary of State, and I just don't see them devoting a whole lot to a governor who is safe, seems safe, safe in many ways, I guess. And then it would be nine figures that would probably placate the education lobby, right? Right. Not ten. I don't. Million. I don't see that amount. Yeah, I don't see that going towards either. education, but. So where are we? Dustin, is your prediction number two? Yeah, so number two for me, um, Secretary of State's race, Michelle Reagan currently doesn't have um, a well-known Republican opponent after uh, State Senator Steve Montenegro decided to run for Trent Franks' seat in Congress. Um, but I, I think we're going to see several, if not one, more Republicans come and give her a pretty tough primary fight. And it might be someone we don't even expect from the business community or someone outside, kind of traditional names. And we've also heard names like former state lawmaker Steve Pierce. So I think Reagan, if, if she's confident right now that given that she doesn't have a, a tough Republican opponent, that could change very quickly. I don't know whether to disagree or not. I'll, I'll no comment that one. I have no idea. That sounds reasonable. I'll go put me down for yes. Put me down for yes. I don't think that Pierce will run for Secretary of State if he does. I'll eat my words. I think it might draw another pretty competitive rival, though. Republican rival. I don't know who that would be. This game is a lot like The Price is Right. For our final segment, I want to hear from each of you what is your most memorable moment of the year covering what you cover. Uh, Dustin, let's start with you. My most memorable moment um, goes back to earlier in the year when I was covering the Phoenix City Hall beat. Uh, colleague Rob O'Dell and I did several stories about the city's regulations for lobbyists, and we had found that there were a number of lobbyists who were flouting the city's rules, and we exposed that a high-profile law firm in town had falsified forged documents to make it appear like they had complied with the city's reporting rules for lobbyists. Um, and as a result of those stories, we saw the city council enact a new ordinance that really put teeth for the first time into its rules for lobbyists. Um, and that that's memorable um, for me, especially knowing that the, the level of influence that lobbyists have at City Hall. People often underestimate how much money is at play at Phoenix City Hall, and it's you know really millions of dollars and a lot of high-paid lobbyists down there often in secret, trying to steer decisions. Ronald J. Hansen. Gosh, the entire year felt like the year that we just destroyed all conventional wisdom, all political norms, everything that we thought we knew about the way people had to uh, comport themselves uh, just went out the window. And we did it with such regularity. It was just an exhausting, baffling year. We were surprised at every turn by uh, this very unconventional president and what he was willing to say and do. Um, to imagine the president of the United States referring to the leader of any country as Rocket Man, for example, in an international speech, um, it's and referring to white supremacists as uh, very fine people. Um, there were just so many different things. 
um, to see the people falling uh, on the left and the right in the Me Too movement and how that brush fire spread uh, around Capitol Hill and, and continues, frankly. Um, it's just been a year where we've really seen so many things change and redefine what we all thought was even possible. Um, it's been exhausting, it's been uh, bewildering, and, and we'll see what next year brings. Yvonne? Speaking of bewildering, there was a moment last, or this year, when uh, school's chief Diane Douglas accused me and colleague Rob O'Dell of being hack reporters and fake news <laughs> reporters because of our coverage of the school voucher issue. Uh, they had handed over data that was riddled with errors. I believe that was your line, Squires. <laughs> uh, and and inconsistencies, and the, the data was incomplete. We wrote a story about that as the legislature was barreling towards a vote. And I remember one lawmaker very clearly, I asked her, how can you support expanding this program when you don't even know where the money goes? And she said to me, I don't know. And I said, well, we're trying to get this data. And she goes, boy, if you ever get that data, I'd love to see it. And then she voted without seeing the data for the law. That was a moment. That is a moment. I would have to say mine uh, in the video, I say something different than this. But knowing we knew ahead of time that Jeff Flake was going to step down and just knowing for that 90 minutes or whatever that that was going to go down on the Senate floor and then watching it happen. You know, it's kind of uh, something that'll stick in my mind for a while. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Gaggle Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at MG Squires. I'm at Dustin Gardner, G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. And I'm at Yvonne Winget, W-I-N-G-E-T-T. Thanks to the politics team. Our production team is Jojo Huckaba and Haley Sanchez. Please subscribe to the show and review it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. We'll see you next year.